Hello kidney beans. Um this is your host Dr. Shoaib Sadat and you're welcome to the first episode. Okay, um so a quick um um intro basically to the the format of the show. The show is basically going to be um discussion of the modern evidence um or the latest evidence on a given renal topic. and the idea is basically to um revise as much as we can but in a con- concise way and um basically a casual way uh, without going into too much technical details but uh covering all the essentials or basics um for every given topic now um we'll also try to include um other speakers as well um which would include guests from nephrology or guests from medicine for that matter and to incorporate a practical um uh, side of things as well So let's start with the first episode. In this um episode we'll be talking about the um acute renal replacement therapies. Um this basically is the first of um uh, uh s- several episodes um uh talking specifically about acute renal replacement therapies. Um and uh, we'll be talking about um four essential questions. The first question is that when should we be initiating the RRT or renal replacement therapy for that matter? The second question will be what type of technique that we should be using um uh, should we be going for an intermittent um uh, hemodialysis sessions for these patients or we should be going for an RRT or more continuous forms of therapies um third question is the dose uh, what should be the dose of renal replacement therapy and finally um the choice of anticoagulation and why um should we choose that one um and what we'll be doing is essentially um um going through all the studies or most of the studies basically published on that topic and then summarizing the evidence so let's start with the first topic um in this episode which is um when should we be initiating now in our usual practice um when we are called to see a patient um our practice is to find out about their uh, biochemical state and the clinical state and based on that we make a call Um one of the calls or the usual calls is basically to wait give a medication based trial and then to see if they respond to that or not specifically if we are talking about biochemical um uh, disturbances um and it's usually based on a lot of factors rather than a single um chemical value so let's see what does Carigo say about that Um so in one of their guidelines again I'm taking this uh from um Kedigo publications March 2012 they say initiate RRT emergently when life threatening changes in fluid electrolyte um and acid base balance exist it's a non graded evidence as like most of the Kedigo um guideline um guidelines um but the idea is that it's a uh, pretty subjective to clinician when he thinks that this is you know all the changes fluid electrolyte are uh, life threatening Uh, so a lot is left to the clinician to decide they also say consider the broad um, clinical context the presence of conditions that can be modified with rrt the trends of lab tests are rather than single bun or creatinine thresholds alone when making the decision to start the rrt which kind of makes sense um this is what we de- do most of the times don't we now um we we do come up with these questions what's the advantage if we started early right um we might say to ourselves it um improves the you know uremic or metabolic control for that matter fluid removal earlier the better 
um, better acid-base um, homeostasis, um, and then there is improved clinical survival. Now, all of these are the things that we say to ourselves. Um, but there are some drawbacks as well. There is a high risk of infection. There is a risk of bioincompatibility with the membranes. Um, there, um, there's a risk of bleeding as well. Why not? And there is a risk of um, procedures that the patients have. And then finally, there is definitely a risk of uh, having higher costs in these patients. So there lies this question, and there is an argument, a genuine one. Should we do it early or late? So let's start with one of the reviews. Um, so this is a meta-analysis by Carvalacetal, published in 2011. And uh, he reviews a lot of studies in this uh, meta-analysis, um, which um, uh, cover from uh, 2002 and goes up to 2010. Um, and the idea is basically to see if there is any mortality benefit, and he's specifically looking for 28-day uh, mortality benefit. And uh, the odds ratio that he ends up with is 0.45, and he basically educates. In this study, the idea is, um, what they mention is that there is mortality benefit in patients if you end up um, doing the early starts. Um, most of these studies are the observational form of studies. Um, so there comes this question about the limitation um, of the type of studies that were involved um, or the type of patient population that was selected. Um, <clears throat> and uh, probably the studies do not account for the outcomes of patients who never received RRT um, as well. And there were some unmeasured um, confounding um, factors as well. So probably not the best form of evidence as we already know so what does the rc what do what do the rcts say about that in this regard i'll be mentioning specifically three um big rcts um, and we'll be going into details and finding out what is the best um, <clears throat> um evidence in this regard and which one to believe in but um the first one is the akiki trial so this is a multi-center French trial, which was carried out, uh, or in fact published in 2016. Um, so the, their principal hypothesis was delayed RRT initiation reduces absolute 60-day uh, mortality by 15%. They included about 620 patients, um, the total patient population, and there were two arms, as you'd expect in any RCT, unless um, um, unless we've uh, uh, we've changed the whole rules. There are more arms, by the way, in some of the different design trials. But let's talk about them now. <clears throat> in this study, in one of the arms, which was um, basically the early RRT form uh, arm, they ended up selecting the patients with um, the um, Kedigo uh, stage 3 AKI. Um, so that was the criteria for selection for the early RRT initiation. So any patient coming in with uh, the stage 3 AKI as per Kedigo staging uh, was enrolled immediately. And since the, uh, uh, since the identification of the uh, AKI stage, uh, it was imperative that they were started on RRT uh, within six hours. And the, then there was a second arm where the delayed RRT was carried out. And the criteria for selection in that case was if the patient had oliguria or anuria for more than 72 hours, if they had a blood urea nitrogen of about 112 milligrams per deciliter, serum potassium of 6 or more, um, or serum potassium of 5.5 or more, uh, which remained as such despite medical treatment, or a pH of 7.15 or low, um, or the patients basically requiring 5 liters of oxygen to maintain a SpO2 of 95% or more, or a FiO2 of 50% or more in cases of NIV. Now, 
most of these things we do. One interesting fact is that we usually don't dialyze patients of uh, having um, potassiums more than six immediately unless there are ACD changes. Uh, but in this case, I think they ended up choosing those patients to dialyze anyways. Um, so these were the two arms. One quick thing just to add is uh, the median times of dialysis startups. An interesting uh, fact here. In patients with early stra uh, strategy, the median time for dialysis startup was about two hours uh, since the stratification or post-randomization, in fact. And the delayed um, arm had a median uh, time of about 57 hours, 57 hours, which was, so there's a huge difference of about 55 hours uh, between the early and late startups. So what was the result? Um, uh, no survival benefit uh, in these two arms. No difference in dialysis dependence at 60 days. Um, and there was CVC-related infections uh, or hypophosphatemia basically was higher in the earlier arm. So there were some problems with the earlier arm, but there was no survival benefit in general. Let's talk about the second trial now, which is the Elaine trial. It was a single-center Germany-based trial, and their hypothesis was that early RRT reduces 90-day all-cause mortality by 18%. By the way, the uh, the Akiki trial um, basically had a hypothesis that delayed RRT actually reduces 60-day uh, mortality by 15%. So this is interesting um, that Elaine um, trial ended up choosing early as a favorable arm. Um, 250 patients basically um, were selected uh, based on the inclusion criteria and um, their selection was in case of early arm, patients with uh, Kedigo stage 2 AKI um, and uh, had one of either severe sepsis or, or on vasopressors or refractory fluid overload, so one of those um, and uh, had a plasma gal of about 150 nanograms per mil or more. But in si simply put, I think Kedigo stage 2 was the main highlight of the selection criteria in this arm. In delayed arm, patients with Kedigo stage 3. Now, um, in, in, in general, it was expected that uh, any patients in the early arm should receive dialysis within 8 hours and within 12 hours in the delayed arm. And the median times was uh, about 6 hours for early and about 25 hours for the delayed strategy arm. Now, what were the results? Um, there was benefit which was shown in earlier arm in case of 90-day uh, all-cause mortality. So one of the findings, interesting findings, um, and there was a difference in uh, duration of RRT received as well um, in favor of the earlier arm. Um, hospital stay was also impacted, decreased in case of earlier arm. So this study was one of the studies where basically you could find out a benefit in earlier arms compared to the delayed arm. And finally, let's talk about the last study, which is um, a French study, again, ideal ICU, a multi-center trial. Um, and uh, there was uh, earlier, their hypothesis being earlier arm um, or earlier RRT reduces 90-day all-cause mortality by 10%. They had about 864 patients. Um, and uh, their earlier um, initiation arm basically had patients with Kedigo stage 3. They were dialyzed within 12 hours after uh, selection. And their delayed initiation um, arm um, had patients um, which um, basically received dialysis based on biochemical markers um, uh, or need of dialysis in term. Um, and they were dialyzed within 60 hours after their selection. So, um, the median times again earlier arm had about eight hours and delayed had about 52 hours the difference um 
the results in, in general had uh, showed no difference in survival so no survival benefit in um, either of these arms let's critically assess these three studies basically now there out of these three studies we've got two studies which show no benefit and one study Elaine showed some benefit in earlier arm critically looking this one study the Elaine trial the German um, based trial had lesser number 231 patients in total it was a single center study um, and their early arm had Kedigo stage 2 AKI probably better patients obviously compared to Kedigo stage 3 um, and mostly surgical patients 97 patients were surgical in this arm um, while in the other studies most of the patients were uh, either septic or septic shock patients um, so probably uh, the skew in the type of population that they selected or uh, the study design they had um, played some role uh, in showing this benefit. Um, so the question is that should we believe in this one trial compared to the two? Probably not. Um, and there is one other good reason why we shouldn't be believing because uh, very soon we'll be having full results back from another trial which is which was started in 2015. It's called Start AKI. Um, and then they will be basically uh, publishing data soon and they will have um, had uh, uh, randomized a lot more number of patients compared to the earlier studies, probably in thousands. And the idea is to settle this question once and for all. Uh, they've got an earlier arm um, where they uh, have start certified patients with AKI Kedigo stage 2 and there is a late arm um, which basically is uh, starting patients when they um, fulfill the biochemical criteria or the clinical criteria in that matter including fluid overload so I guess the question is that in our um, practical lives do we do these um, Kirigo stages or creatinine levels do they actually matter that much probably not because when I'm dialyzing a patient I'm not just looking at that but I'm also looking at the um, complications which uh, can happen to the patient because of the line insertion or because of the anticoagulation that they would end up receiving whether the patient's heart can take it or not um, we are looking at basically the um, associated comorbidities that the patient has um, including um, the uh, pre-existing um, um, cardiac function or um, in general um, pre-existing um, other conditions as well we are also looking at basically um, what will be the effect of this dialysis in general to uh, the patient's long-term prognosis or whether they can take a long-term dialysis session or not um, and the availability of machines and stuff and a lot of other things so usually the decision is not that simple and it's not based on a single um, marker for that matter um, in general I think one of the key things to um, think about these um, patients would be rather than looking at a single biochemical marker as being the key uh, stratifying um, factor um, or rather than the Kirigo staging itself being the stratifying factor we should design studies in the future where we should be um, stratifying patients based on whether their kidneys um, uh, or their renal function for that matter um, is able to cope with the excessive demand that their bodies have so it should be um, based on the capacity versus demand rather than a single number uh, which is um, which could be creatinine which could be anything else for that matter 
Um, but I think that's a discussion for another time. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me. Um, this was your host, Dr. Shoaib Sadat with Kidney Beans. And I'm looking forward to your feedback. See you soon and take care. Bye.